All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Tim's here. Mo is here. Mo, okay, I don't want to butcher your name, Mo, so I'm going to call you Mo, but it's Moritz Sider. Is that correct? Or is that just that's correct. It's wrong? No, that's, correct. That's, that's totally correct. All right. For those of you who don't know, Mo is, he is, I would say, arguably the most exciting prospect to come through Detroit since Dylan Larkin. I know Dylan met him at the All-Star Game. Good kid. Mo's in Germany right now. Mo, how you doing? Thanks for coming on the show. Great. Uh, yeah, just finished my workout, uh, my my conditioning uh, session in the evening. And, um, yeah, very excited to be on the show. And, uh, yeah, pretty excited, yeah. So, usually guys come on the show, you know, they're clean cut. Mo comes on. He's trying to intimidate me. I get it. That's his game. He's flexing the guns a little bit. He's all sweaty. He makes me a little nervous, Tim. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm shaking well, over here. When when I read the reports, like Mo Sider, you know, he's he's young. He needs to grow into his body. What are you, 6'3", 220 pounds already, Mo? What are you tipping the scales at? You, you check my stats, be honest. That's, that's exactly on point uh, on the dot, so... Uh... Yeah, you did your research, eh? <laughs> I was guessing on the weight. Is that a good weight for you, 220? You're trying to put on some more weight. Uh, I think it's it's all right. I think I'm a little bit lighter, actually. Um, nowadays, it's more about speed, being mobile. I think the game changed so much, and uh, I just want to just wanna keep up and, and, and make the next step. I know when I played, I was six eight two seventy, and I just couldn't keep up anymore. You know, I I couldn't yeah. do it. I got kids like you growing up and ripping around the ice. So, anyways, let's talk about you. Grew up in Germany, obviously, your whole life. Who are your guys that you looked up to? Because I played with a couple of Germans growing up in Buffalo, um, Christian Erhoff and Alexander Solzer. Have you heard of those guys? Oh, I mean, big legends in in Germany, of course. I mean, those are those are the guys you're you're looking up to i mean there are only a few guys at that time playing in in north america or in in different countries in general so um yeah definitely uh those two um and then it was more more the german guys and uh in, in the german league i mean when it when i first started i mean i was my heroes were from my hometown and uh, they were playing third league i mean they're 
they all worked uh, full time and just played hockey for fun. That's how uh, that's how exciting it was for me. But uh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely more into uh, the German league than than overseas. I would say. No kidding. So growing up, you it was German league first, then NHL second. Yeah, uh, I mean, I wasn't uh, at that point. I didn't even know there was like the big NHL, and uh, you can you can uh, yeah afford afford a great lifestyle uh, in, in in that kind of sport. And uh, it was pretty expensive growing up, so uh, my my mom and dad put a lot of money uh, into that sport, and uh, it was just for fun. And uh, now it turned out I can I can create a really good uh, hockey hockey career from that. So. Um, that's pretty pretty cool. So at what point everybody's got that moment where they're like, okay, I can make a living out of this. This is going to be something good for me. How old were you when you started getting agents, when you started getting people kind of circling around you? Did you realize like, hold on a second? Cause you're only what, 20 years old now. Yeah. Uh, I think like 12. I think I first started when I was 14, when, when I moved from, from airport with my family to Mannheim to play, a little bit more professional or have a, a little bit better setup in, in general. So, um, but that was, that was all. at that time I was only planning on finishing my high school with finishing uh, the under 19 from Mannheim. And uh, yeah. And then I played pro when I was 16 and I was like, Oh, that uh, something is going really fast. And, but it's really, really exciting and it gets me going. So um, that was that was kind of the moment I was like, okay, I want to get better and better. I want to compete against the best in the world. For people who haven't seen you play yet, how would you describe your playing style and like which NHL or, or German players did you kind of model your game after? Uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, every player is pretty unique, I would say, and that's what I want to describe myself. I want don't want to compare myself to anyone else. I want to be, I want to be Moritz and, and want to play my game. And um, I think a mobile two-way defenseman who, who loves uh, joining the rush, a great offense for his teammates, but is not afraid to use his body as an advantage. And um, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's what it comes down to. I, uh, first priority as a D is uh, you got to play a shutdown game if you have to, and all the other all the other compartments are, are, are coming from time to time. And, um, that's what I'm most concerned about is making it into the NHL, playing a really solid defensive game, I would say. That's not fun, though, Mo. Nobody wants to watch a defensive defenseman. you got to get up in the rush, man, making plays. Exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> try, try to do every game a little bit better. Um, that's uh, definitely something I learned playing pro early is you have to pick the moments right, and uh, especially – uh, when I played overseas for for Grand Rapids uh, on the small sheet, like you make one mistake and it's uh, in the back of your own net, so you have to be really dialed in at, at 60 minutes. So um, that's that's what makes me happy playing playing full 60 and playing hard against my opponent. So you mentioned Grand Rapids. I I live just up the road from you guys in Traverse City, Michigan. So I'm very familiar. You you came up to Traverse City for the Prospects Tournament, actually. So, you know, we got to see you play then. You were drafted by Detroit. Obviously, you're in Grand Rapids, number six overall. Everybody after the draft was like, who is this kid? Why are we drafting him? What's going on? Steve Eiserman said, listen, we got a plan. I know I like him. What, what was – I never got drafted. So 
the draft is meaningless for me anyway. It's just kidding. Well, what was it like getting picked six overall by Steve Eiserman, his first pick for the Red Wings? I know you probably answered this question a thousand times, but how cool was that? You know, were you sitting in Germany just like expecting a call from the Red Wings? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, it was a life-changing moment, let's put it that way. Um, I was I was in Vancouver with my family and, and my agent, and uh, Detroit walks up on the stage, and my mom was like, hey, Mo, who is this uh, Steve Eiserman? I, I can't really see him from there. I was like, it's the guy leading the way. And he's like, oh, really? So get ready, you get picked. I was like, mom, please, like, chill. I'm I'm freaking out anyways. I don't I don't need you to be more nervous than me. So um and then he he comes on stage. Um it's just uh, going straight at the mic, calling my name and we're looking at each other and like what's going on? <laughs> and, so does, uh, he, does he interview you? Like how does it uh, Listen, I I'm call me maybe new to this. Did you talk to him before the draft? Obviously a bunch of times did he say, "Hey, Mo, heads up, we're going to pick you" or did you still have no idea? Oh, I had no idea. Really? It was, uh, it was surprising for me um, because I never talked to anyone about the draft because I didn't want to get uh, yeah, frustrated or I didn't want to be sad because picking other, other teams picking late. Uh, I always thought somewhere 15 to 20s. Um, that's, that's a doable range. And uh, yeah, we had good talks with him a day before the draft, but there was still that number six. So uh, I was like, yeah, cool talk, but uh, <laughs> see you later. Uh, and then, um, yeah, he was he was in Germany a bunch of times, actually. Uh, didn't know about that. And um, my agency told me after. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, my coach. And, um, yeah, so totally surprising. But, uh, I mean, what a great moment. I could have shared with, with my family, with my closest. Um, so really, really fun times. So what's that like, though? Because like you said, you're expecting going 15 to 20. Does that amp up the pressure? Are you just super excited to be picked by Detroit, obviously? What kind of pressure is going in? Because you have literally all these people in Detroit being like, who is this kid? Why are we not picking Dylan Cousins? What's happening? Like, what's going through your head when you see all this kind of not, I don't want to say negative media, but just people doubting Steve Eiserman? Oh, I mean, honestly, I have that mentality. I love proving people wrong make them second guessing about me is uh, what makes me happy in the end of the day. And uh, yeah, growing as a person and developing at that kind of level where I am right now, I think uh, we as organization or myself proved a lot of people wrong and it's still, it's still the beginning of a, of a big journey, hopefully. So um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're really good, good guys in front of me or, or right behind me in the draft and, and, yeah, I think we connected pretty well at the combine and draft. So I think they're a hell of players. But uh, I'm I'm really happy being being in Detroit. Honestly, I mean, is there is there any better team with with more history? I don't think so. And uh, is there is there a cooler place to to wear uh, the the wing wheel on your chest than in in Little Caesars Arena? It's I think it's hard to beat. So um, I'm I'm just super happy to to be a red ring at, at some point, hopefully in, uh, in October. And your first camp, like being exposed and skating with uh, NHL caliber players, like what was that like? Were you a little overwhelmed? Was a game much quicker than you even had anticipated or were you kind of, did you kind of feel like you fit in? I mean, it was, uh, it was nerve wracking. I mean, you, you just, 
wake up, you go up to Traverse City and you meet all these kind of, all these players with all those personalities and you're just overwhelmed and, and happy at the same moment. But also you have to dial it in right away because you don't don't want to miss the, the, the start of, of your of your breaking point. So um, that was kind of hard to not be totally nervous, but also try to be calm and, and, and play your game. So, um, yeah, pretty cool times. I mean, we also had a little bit of time seeing Traverse City. Had a great time in, in fall, so it was kind of cool too. So you, you obviously didn't make the camp or the team out of that camp, and then you went to Grand Rapids – and you had a good first year. And, and you know, I think you, you surprised some people. You grew as a player. But then COVID hit. You went and played in Sweden. What's the difference? Like, I, I never played in Europe. I, I, for whatever reason, never got an option to go over there. But what's the difference between that game, Grand Rapids? Was it good to, you know, take a break from the AHL and go back and play in Europe? Like, what, what's the difference? And did it help you at all? Oh, I think it was exactly the step I needed um for for making it in the nhl uh sooner rather than later uh, it's it's incredibly fast uh teams are skating 60 minutes non-stop um really tight games uh good defense um but also super highly skilled guys who they try to expose every shift and i think i i learned a lot and um, it was the perfect perfect solution at, at weird times in the world I uh, I get to speak with Dan Cleary sometimes. We do charity events. He's obviously the, the European scout for the Wings. What? Who took you under their wing? Was it Dan? Somebody in Detroit? Anybody in Grand Rapids to kind of mold you? Because you've seen I every team I've been on, they get the first round draft pick. They try to rush them along, and it just ruins them. And and I've seen it countless times. And they haven't done that with you in Detroit. And it's been nice where you've had your time to develop and just kind of grow into yourself and learn the North American game. Has there been a couple of people who have just kind of helped you along the way? I think uh, uh, yeah, a real big shout out to to Nick Cronwell. I mean, he just retired the year uh, I got drafted. So he was still in Detroit and he was kind of like the big mentor, I would say. He was down in Grand Rapids at least twice a month. He was skating with us young guys and, um, yeah, taught us a, a bunch of things and uh, and just uh, prepared us for the game. And then when I went to Sweden, um, he moved back as well. So he was there too. And uh, he came down to, to Engelholm a bunch of times and we had really good chats and he was cutting video and um, was... was uh, no. Yeah. He was uh, he was really a, a really big help, and I think uh, it's really hard to find any better guy than than him um, teaching teaching you uh, the NHL game. So you you get drafted, and your coach is Nick Cronwall. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Me? How cool is How that? How cool is that? Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty, like, did, it's pretty so amazing. So what did he teach you how to murder people on the ice? Actually, we never talked about that. He was like, yeah, "No way, I can see uh, your your timing's pretty good." But I was like, "Man, maybe we should we should work on that." Just absolute crushing people, and, and uh, no, but we just worked on on some some basic stuff: how, how to position yourself in the D zone, join the rush, and then just try to be a, a mature guy. So I think uh, I I mean we still text here and there and. Uh, yeah, he was he was here in in Germany a couple of days ago and was checking out the the practice facility if if everything goes right and if uh, if the training is a uh, is is how we expected and I think it's pretty cool and pretty personal connection to, uh, for him and I. 
Yeah, well, for them to like listen, you you're you're the guy in Detroit right now, so they got to keep tabs on you. What so you you're working with Nick Cronwall, you've got all this work, you're ready to go. Is it NHL or bus now coming into camp in October? Like is this or sorry, not October, coming into camp this year? Is this the main goal? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you don't want to go to Grand Rapids. No, um if I have to, of course, you have uh, you have to go through that as well and, and fight your way up there but i want to be ready and want to want to crack the lineup uh, as soon as possible and there's there would be a lot of disappointing not not making it this year um it's it's draft year plus two so uh i think i'm more than ready and i i want to prove that to everyone and want to want to earn that spot and want to be there and in the first opening night listen everybody you don't want to leave your house. I don't want to leave my house. I got six kids. Anytime I want to go get food, I got to load them in the car, buckle them up, wrestle with them. It's impossible. So this is what I do. I go to DoorDash, go through my phone, bing, 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 pick a restaurant. I want that food. I want subs. I want hamburgers. I want whatever. They have everything. Now for my listeners, it's a limited time only. You go to DoorDash, enter promo code GLOVESDD. You're going to get 25% off of your whole order. No delivery fees for anything over $15, which to be honest is anything. So you're going to get your first order pretty much free if you use this promo code. So go to DoorDash, use GLOVESDD, get yourself some food. You're going to thank me later. You won't have to get stuck in traffic, deal with all the junk out there. It's beautiful. So go to DoorDash.com, enter promo code Gloves DD, and you can thank me later. Thank you. So you were recently named uh, the best uh, defenseman in the world's tournament recently, earlier this year. And I think for people who didn't already know you, that was kind of your your moment for people like uh, fans outside of Detroit to say, hey, we got to learn this kid's name. He's going to be a big star in this league. Wh- why did that tournament seem to go so well for you? Um. Usually, I, I really enjoy uh, the World Championships. I uh, had a chance playing it after winning it in, in Mannheim and then go to the Worlds, and there was no pressure. Same this year. I mean, it was, uh, we finished second in, in Sweden, and such a pressure relief after that, and you just enjoyed being around your, your guys from Germany and, and playing with a cool coach and, and having an a assistant coach who, who really is focusing on the person and the player and not, doesn't want to change anything. And I think that that's why I played as good as I could. And that's why I think the whole team played as good as we, uh, as we played there. So you, you also mentioned Cronwall and that was going to be one of my questions. Like you're following such a long line of elite kind of legendary defensemen in Detroit with Lidstrom and Cronwall, Chelios, Rafalski, all those guys besides Cronwall, have, any, have you spoken with any of the others? Have they offered any kind of advice or have you had, you know, chats with them? Uh, no, not really. Um, sure I, I, I talked I talked with a bunch of guys when I was there at camp and I had some really cool talks with, with Mike Green and uh, I mean um, yeah what what a great defenseman and uh, uh, he still he still got my scissors actually uh, I I got cut on the last day and we went to Chicago and he took my scissors for the game and uh, he's still owing me one pair of scissors so I'm um, Hopefully, I get them and at some point. Are they like special scissors or something, or you just didn't have them? Oh no, I just uh, just uh, brought them from Germany and and were really happy about them. And then I was like, ah, damn it! I was like, 
Jeez. Tim, you don't know how good German scissors are? What's the matter? I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like a German pair of scissors. It's the only exactly. thing. Exactly. You, you, you mean, can't replace them. I mean, we both know how, how superstitious people can be and uh, starts with the scissors. How do you tape your stick? Do you go right to the toe? Is that why you use the scissors? You do the, the superstar tape job? Yeah. You do white tape or black? Uh, white. What's the knob? Knob is pretty pretty basic. I would say just uh, thin, thin white going from from top a little bit to the bottom, a little bit longer, and that's it. Just putting my number on it. And that's that's go? it. All right. Well, we'll work on those scissors. We we got connections here. <laughs> But all right, so you work with Cronwall. You didn't touch on hitting. I, I've watched some of your highlights. You're you're a big, you know, big player. You like to throw your body around. In Europe, you don't have to answer for your hits that often. In North America, you know, you're going to be challenged. There's some big boys in the NHL. Are you ready if uh, you know someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, let's go, kid." Like you got to answer the bell. Have you been in fights? Do you know what you're doing? What What are you going to do when Ryan Reeves grabs you and says, "Let's go, punk"? Yeah, that's uh, it's gonna be an interesting question, and uh, let's just uh, put it that way. That maybe we don't have to see that at uh, at next year's uh, NHL games, and uh, no, definitely. Uh, you, I think you don't want to get involved in in, in those <laughs> kind of things. Uh, just want to play your game, and and don't want to have to think about those kind of things after getting murdered on the ice. Um, from from a right from from Ryan Reef, so um, yeah, definitely have to uh, yeah, learn a couple things, but uh, yeah, don't want to underrate myself too. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're a big just, guy. Uh, Are you gonna get Tyler Bertuzzi to kind of teach you some things? Maybe because have you ever been in a hockey fight, Mo? Let's you... dropping the gloves. No, uh, not at all. Not uh, one in your whole life. Nope. Didn't have to, and um, let's see if I have to be ready when I uh, jump on the plane uh, getting overseas. I don't think so. You, I, I would have thought you would have had to do it in the AHL. But hey, you never. The, the game's changed. You know, it's it's yeah. a fast flowing game. There's not these like I was a, a people called me a goon, Mo, where that was my job to fight, and I. There's no one in the league like that anymore. So, anyways. There's no fighting. What is what can a Detroit fan expect from you then? You step on the ice, game one, just say it's versus the New York Rangers. What are you going to bring to the Rangers system? What can a fan expect to see out of you? I think a puck moving defenseman. Uh, hopefully eating a lot of minutes out there, uh, playing PP, playing PK. Want to be in all, all situations on the ice and in the end, want to do everything to to help the team win. Uh, want to set up offense. Want to create offense for for teammates. Uh, let's say a pass guy. Definitely not the the biggest shooter, and um, more like the quarterback. I would say. Mm. Which which uh, players off the Red Wings roster right now have you become closest with? Oh, uh, well, that's a good question. Um, probably Michael Rasmussen and and Taro Hirose. Um, then I uh, lived in, in, in GR with, with Joe Villano, so pretty tight with him too. And he was only 40 minutes away in Sweden too. He played in Malmo, so it's pretty cool. So each other a bunch of times, and I would say that's those are the guys I'm, I'm the closest with. Is it kind of cool to be like – because Detroit's been garbage for the last five, six years. 
is it neat to be able to like see the process, see where the team's headed and you're a part of it. And you mentioned what was the name? Vlaine, Vlaine, I butcher names, <laughs> Vlaino and Larkin yeah. and Bertuzzi and all these young kids, Rasmussen. Is it cool to kind of come up with these guys? Can you see how the team's getting better? Oh, there's so many guys, especially, uh, especially in Sweden. Every time, every time we played a team, there was like, Oh, there's a prospect. Oh, there's a prospect. And they were, they were the top guys. So, um, I think it's going to be great times coming up for Detroit again. Uh, just have to um, trust the system and, and trust the players to develop in the best way possible. And I think we will be a, a great team in a couple of years, um, for sure. I totally believe that. And which guys don't you like? Just be honest. <laughs> which guys don't be like? Uh, honestly, I'm I'm super open. I everybody gets along with me pretty well. I would say, I'm I'm more the goofy guy in the locker room. So um, I think I had really good talks with everyone, and uh, there wasn't a, a single guy I was uh, I was not getting along with. All right, that's not very fun. It you get drafted by Detroit. Eisman calls your name. That's got to be kind of a funny moment starstruck almost your mom didn't even know who he was apparently is has have you had a moment where you met somebody where it's like holy cow i'm talking to this guy like was it cronwall have you ever met christian Erhoff? like he's a big german idol for you has there been a guy or a actor or a celebrity who you've met that you've been like whoa this is kind of cool or this podcast you're probably meeting me is a big deal for you i understand <laughs> yeah uh i mean definitely didn't want to meet you on the ice that's for sure <laughs> and uh no, actually, when uh, at camp or at, at the combine, just talking to Steve Eisenman for the first time, you're like, Jesus, that's Steve Eisenman you're talking to. And, and he's asking a bunch of questions about your whole family and really wants to get to know you. And then was uh, one moment in uh, in um, the rookie camp or development camp when uh, Pavel Datsuk was there and was getting his blood done. And he was sitting right next to me and I couldn't get a word out. Because I was so nervous. I was like, holy, that's uh, that's Pavel Datsuk sitting right next to you. And he said hi, and I couldn't even get a word out. So I was, I was, uh, that was pretty cool. What was the biggest um, transition from Europe to North America? A lot of guys talk about just the food, just how people act, different things like that. What, what was the hardest part coming over to Grand Rapids? <laughs> Living on your own for the first time. And uh, – not not being the prince and at home anymore. Uh, I was going. I was I was waking up. I was going downstairs. Uh, my food was ready for today, and then I had to do my own laundry and then get groceries and then make food. So um, pretty pretty exciting times. But also it happened a bunch of times uh, when we got back from the road trip that we didn't have any food in the in the fridge. So uh, so we had to find uh, anything outside and then go out for for dinner but i mean i managed that too but that was probably the hardest thing for me for sure just getting your light did, did they help you with stuff i know on teams where they, they give you someone like okay we're going to get you a driver's license we're going to get you this and that does the wings help you guys with that at all yeah uh great they did great work with that and it was super random but michigan and detroit uh, michigan and germany have uh, agreement to accept each other license no so kidding. I only had to go to uh, the secretary of state and uh, had to put a couple of papers down to the signature and had my American driver's license. 
so so easy and so cool wow. and all the fins and sweets had to do the test again i was like yeah guys here you go suck it <laughs> i'll be driving my car all right so <laughs> we'll do let's do a couple rapid fire tim why don't you run run these off here yeah rapid fire questions just to, just the quick answers all right and we'll, we'll end with that would you rather have a big hit or a big goal uh big goal favorite movie good boys what, what? You, you guys know that movie never heard of it it's like some some kids they they uh they just got into sixth grade and now they think like they're super mature and do like all these adult things like drinking or taking a zip of beer and just uh i don't know googling some some weird things in the internet and it was yeah. super funny we we watched it like four times in in gr did that just come out like last year or something i kind of remember that now yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay uh pizza or tacos uh pizza do you play video games uh yep what do you play um big uh fifa guy and now i just uh definitely some some call of duty with the guys but i'm more just there to talk and not to play <laughs> let's uh, say it like that uh, what's a book that everyone should read you think oh that's, that's a tough one tim that's a really tough one um i think there's always uh oh, i think the cristiano ronaldo book i think it's pretty interesting Big soccer guy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I live in Germany. What do you expect? So, Is Germany going to win the World Cup this year? Oh, man. We didn't even make it after the the quarters. So, it's pretty embarrassing for the Euro. So, um, uh, let's, uh, let's ask me that question in, in two years again. Next question. <laughs> uh, favorite vacation spot? Favorite vacation spot? Um definitely spain ah just a yeah. christian ronaldo guy unbelievable although <laughs> okay what what show are you binge watching right now right now not really i'm really into uh f1 um that drive to survive thing on, on netflix and watched a bunch of times i think it's super cool would you rather bench or squat uh, squat, but I, yeah, I both suck at uh, suck at both. So, <laughs> what at, at your camp you're testing? Do you have to do pull ups? Uh, yeah. How many do you do? Uh, actually seven. So seven. Kind of okay. It was, yeah, I was, it was somewhere in the mix. So somewhere in the middle, it was it was okay. I was happy That's with that. Bad. All right, sorry, Tim. I jumped on your questions. Any more? Last question. What's the best advice you ever got? Um. Don't try to be someone else. I think it's pretty, pretty, yeah. Gets it on the point. I mean, it's pretty on point. I loved your answer when Tim asked you who you model your game afterwards. It's like myself, Tim. I'm me. Very good, Mo. All right, well, thank you for joining us, man. This was great. Yeah, right. anytime. Carver knows sometimes. I'm sure you got to go for another workout. Maybe of course. guns a little bit. I don't know. Maybe text me a picture yeah. of your arms. I'm guessing that's what you're going to do. Of course, beach All workout. Right, Moritz Sider, also known as Mo. You'll catch him with the, well. What number are you going to be with the Wings next year? Uh, fifty-three. Fifty-three. You're going to stick with that your whole career. Yeah. Did you? Why fifty-three? 
<laughs> um, there's a popular movie in Germany called Herbie, and it's a it's a it's a car movie. Uh, the car is a little beetle. Is Lindsay Lohan in it? No, uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I think there's an original um, one from the back in the day. Yeah, and it's a it's a it's a racing car who can who, who talks and. Yeah, I've seen um, the movie, Mo. Yeah. So that's why your number is from the be. <laughs> yeah, because a day after I had to pick my number for for my first game, and all the other numbers were gone. So I, I it was somewhere in my mind probably, and now I can wear it. Um, yeah, my grandpa passed uh, this 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 uh, this January, and he was born fifty three. So well, there's I'm, some I'm really behind it. Exactly, really really honored to to wear his number for the rest of my career. Well, that's beautiful. That's I'm sorry to hear the passing, but that's really cool. You can honor yeah, by that. Thank and you. It's from a car. So you got double meaning. Exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> it perfect. works both ways. A lot of Herbie fans here in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Mo, thanks for jumping on, man. Good luck in camp. Good luck with training. We'll probably thank be you. seeing a yeah. lot more of you this year. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.